Welcome to the Giants Talk Podcast. Here's Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. I know those guys. Hey, what's up, Giants fans? Welcome to another episode of Giants Talk. I'm Cole Kuyper here with Giants insider Alex Pavlovich. We've got more updates from Scottsdale as spring training clips along. Plus, stay tuned throughout this episode. We'll be ending with a Joey Bart interview. Another one of our series of sit-downs Alex has had in Scottsdale with your favorite Giants. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, I believe we are 17 days away from opening day. Who, whose jersey number does that put us at, Alex? Jake McGee, days away? I was yeah all the ones I thought of right away I was like eh, not too exciting I think Mitch Hanner Hudson days right away oh all right Kurt Manwaring days away isn't Mitch Hanniger wearing 17 right now I don't there we go we are Mitch Hanniger days away from wear, opening uh, day BP jerseys all spring so I mean it, we're practically there we're gonna blink and we're gonna have actual meaningful baseball Alex so in, enjoy the next two and a half weeks we are getting there before we get to everything in today's podcast. Um, there's a lot of fans here now. So like Scottsdale Stadium is filling up a little bit the last few days. And I have met probably 20, 25 people who said, love Giants talk. So shout out to all those people, uh, especially Andrew and his family, who I met the other day. Very cool family. Um, he's a huge fan. So wanted to shout them out. And everybody asks me where Cole is. And I have to politely tell people like Cole and I have only actually met like three times. So I've only been physically in the same room. Yeah. And yeah. I like I can count those times on my hand pretty much in the Since past. Since we years. started taping together, it's definitely like on one hand. I think we had met a few times before that as well. But like, wow. yeah, our life exists on Zoom and text messages. Pretty much, pretty much. Hey, you know what? You're very pleasant to get to know on Zoom and text messages. Maybe if we hung out all the time, I wouldn't like you as much. Probably. But anyway, shout out to all those people. Yeah. And uh, the moral of this, by the way, listeners, if you see Alex anywhere, come up and talk his ear off off the podcast and maybe you'll get a shout out. Yeah, well, you're going to be here next week, so it's up to you. That's true. I will be holding down the fort in Scottsdale next weekend. Um, Yeah, come say hi. Maybe we can have a beer at the ballpark. Let's talk Scottsdale action, though. I am not there yet, and I do want to hear your updates. The main thing, as I follow along with these games, it seems like Blake Sable is tearing it up. Uh, He's 9 for 17 with three home runs, and I don't think I really – pegged him as a serious contender for one of the two catching slots i thought it was kind of a formality this catcher's battle we keep talking about but here we are i think what's changed with him is in literally the you know second day of spring training they have a media day farhan was there and i asked him directly i said could you see yourself carrying three catchers because it seemed like that was a way for for a rule five pick to sneak onto the team when he hasn't caught very much and and he was like i don't really know that that's something we want to do. That's not really like how we want to have our roster at the start of the year. What has changed and we'll get to the injuries, but what has really changed is Mitch Hanniger being hurt and Mitch yeah. Hanniger having an oblique strain, even though it's grade one, you know, there is some thought that he might miss about a week of the regular season. If he's not ready, it, it's not a long-term thing, but I, I think, you know, the giants right now think it's about a coin flip that he's ready or he just misses that first road trip probably, or, or a few games, which means you have some wiggle room there and you you have an opportunity potentially to add somebody who had a big camp and that is Blake Sable right now. 
And, you know, because he's a rule five pick, you can't option him. So you either keep him or you offer him back to the pirates. And I would have to imagine at this point, you know, the pirates probably look at this and go, yeah, maybe we screwed up. We're not, you know, they're not the Dodgers. They're the pirates. So if somebody can hit and it, it looks like Blake can really hit and he did it at the minor league level as well, they they probably need him. So it's become really interesting. And I, I think aside from just the, the numbers, um, he has good plate appearances. He's one of the better base runners on the team already. This is, you might know this, a team without much speed. Um, oh, you dare say? Yeah, he's a very good athlete for a catcher. And I think it's just worked his ass off to put himself in the position to to make this team as a catcher. It's going to be difficult because I think Joey's had a good camp too. And Roberto Perez is really good defensively. Um, but there's some some room now to squeeze him onto that opening day roster as an outfielder. And, and today on Sunday, as we're taping, he took fly balls today. He's been an outfielder in the minors. So it's becoming pretty interesting with him. Yeah, I mean, I know this isn't music to Giants fans' ears with the defensive situation we dealt with last year. Um, I know playing dudes out of position or playing guys who maybe struggle in general on defense is has been a, a touchy subject, but if he's got that much pop in his bat, it does seem like it's worth it. Yeah, and it's it's you know, I don't think it'll be a it's not going to be a Yerman Mercedes situation. Like he's played yes. outfield. He's been an outfielder for most of his minority career. He was had people tell him in college, like you shouldn't catch. You're too fast to be a catcher. Like go play the outfield, go play first base, go do something like that. You can, you can hit your way to the big league. So legitimately a very good athlete. Um, one of the better athletes on the team, even though right now he's with the catchers. So yeah. he's really interesting. And I, I think it, you know, the one thing you hear over and over again from Giants people is like, we know what happens in spring training. You fall in love with somebody, you know, in 25 at bats and most times it doesn't work out. But I think the fact that they went after him at the rule five draft, they traded for him. They think he's somebody who, if they can hold his rights, can at some point be a big league catcher. Um, it, it makes you want to go pretty far to keep him on the team and he might have an opportunity now. Well, I'm in. I can't wait to see him this weekend when I'm there. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the big leagues come the start of the season. It'd be a really fun story. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting because Farhan's first year, we remember Connor Joe and, mm -hmm. and that went poorly and they gave up on him pretty quickly and turned out Connor Joe's a pretty good big league hitter, like at, at least he's a big leaguer. So, And he um, had a great story. Yeah. And I, I think there's a little bit of that here. It's like, do we want to, we want to give up on this guy just because it was spring training? Um, so yeah, I, I, we're a month in, and like you said, we're we're about two weeks away from the regular season and two weeks away from having to make those roster decisions. And there's nobody who's who's uh, you know, raised his stock more over the last month than Blake. Good for him. And I guess, as you said, this is going to come down to potentially an injury. Mitch Hanniger's strained oblique. So let's talk injuries. Let's talk who's banged up in camp and kind of if any of those seem like they'll be cleared up by opening day. So Mitch Hanniger, we're calling a coin flip, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's grade one, which is, you know, the best grade of a strain. And and he thought it, he was actually surprised anything showed up on an MRI. But I think anybody who's like, you know, we've been Giants fans have been through this as well with, with a few guys and um oblique strain is just automatic like it's it's mat it's it's measured in weeks so 
best case for him. He's ready right at the end of camp and and ready for that first road trip. And um, I think they're they're going to be very careful because you know the opening day roster, as much as we talk about it, doesn't really matter that much to to veterans. So uh, he wants to be there day one, especially after signing a three year deal. But if you're pushing him a little bit and there's a risk that he goes to New York and it's cold and he pops his oblique and is out for two months, like they're not going to do that. So um, at this point, I, I think it's, you know, really a coin flip and, and it just sounds, you know, the one thing you hear o- over and over again, the last couple of days is like, we're going to be really careful with this one. Yeah, I have no problem with Blake Sable being the opening day left fielder, just to add a little more funkiness into that streak we talked about. Yeah, he would, he would, um, that would not be a repeat contestant likely short of them throwing jock out there then because you want to have Wilmer or JD Davis as DH. Yeah. We're, we're going to be looking at a, another Something. interesting addition. I, I, you know, one of the finest giants traditions there are, uh, injury updates, Alex Cobb knee contusion. Is this He's serious? Good. Contusion's a word. I don't really have a great grasp of Contusions, what that yeah. means. Is... It's their fancy way of saying he bruised his knee, but okay. You know, we had two real scares the last couple of days. Um, and those games were one was streamed and one was televised. So I think Giants fans got to watch right. a little bit. Alex Cobbs looked really bad. Like he went down like he broke his kneecap and he thought Hard. he did for about 10 seconds. And then a minute later he got up and walked off. And I saw him today and and uh was walking just fine and he should be okay. So good news there. Ross Stripling survived a scare. Um Austin Slater's back. David VR has some hip tightness, but they think he'll be back in a couple of days. The real bummer and the guy who didn't necessarily survive a scare and we'll see how bad it was, was Ronald Guzman, who originally I had him on this rundown to talk him up, to say this guy was, he struck mm-hmm. out the side on Thursday. He hit 98 miles per hour. He has a real feel for a slider, which is incredible for somebody who picked up pitching like, you know, a few months ago, full time. Um and I really thought Ronald Guzman was going to be in this bullpen at some point this year. And anybody who watched Sunday's game saw him throw a pitch to the backstop and bend over in pain, which is a, it's about as bad as what you can see injury-wise on a baseball field. I mean, you, yeah. you have like the buster collision at home plate and, um, you know, guys getting hit in the helmet by a pitch. But I think one that's, you know, right up there is the pitcher who immediately just goes, something's wrong. And you know, starts bending over or grabbing at things. It is, it is forearm discomfort for him. And I think more than discomfort, given what we saw and you hope for the best. I mean, you hope it's not, it's not a surgery situation because that's a full year. I mean, I don't want to tell people to go read something that's old news, but your article on Thursday about him was fantastic. So such an inopportune time to go down. I was getting really hyped up about him after reading that. It's such a bummer. And just a really nice guy. And again, you know, as we sit here on Sunday night, we don't know what the exact injury is, but it's going to be some sort of, you know, best case when you feel something like that in your elbow, you're still looking at it a few months off um, yeah, or before you're back to normal. So it's going to be a pretty lengthy layoff, I think, for him. And um, just really was, was really excited and just an awesome story. A guy who hit 16 home runs in the big leagues in 2018 and came back as a pitcher. And I love that. I and, love that. Uh, as he's told us on Thursday, we talked to him for a while and I wrote about it. I mean, the giants were the only team that was like, yeah, come be a pitcher first. We'll let you get some swings in, but 
were looking at you as a pitcher and, and they were really excited about him. And, you know, as much depth as they have from the left side in the bullpen right now, and I think they have a pretty good situation there. We saw last year, like these things happen pretty quickly. Remember Jake McGee and Harleen Garcia and Jose mm-hmm. Alvarez, and all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, like Thomas Sapucky, Alex Young, come and save, <laughs> come and save the bullpen. So welcome to I, the party. Yeah, I really think we would have seen Guzman this year. Um, and he really has a good feel for pitching. So hopefully he's okay and, and hopefully this isn't too long and and uh he can continue his career as a pitcher because I, I think he's a big league pitcher. Yeah, that, that's one of my favorite things is seeing guys switch sides of the ball like that, switch from position player to pitcher at different phases of their career, especially if they manage to have success in both. Um, obviously, not everyone can do it both at the same time, but you know the Guzman story yeah. was awesome. So that that's that is a blow to morale, and it's a reminder that like most pitchers get hurt at some point early in their career. So yeah. <laughs> these guys who switch over, I think a lot of times they get hurt as well because it's just. That, that, uh, on the elbow. that violent motion of throwing isn't healthy not, for the human body. Especially Who'd when all of a sudden you throw 98. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so not injury related, but I did see two Giants prospects were officially optioned to AAA, Elliot Ramos and Marco Luciano. Now, help me what that means from a spring, spring training perspective. Does that mean, hey, hop on a flight, you're out of here, or are they hanging out? for the rest of the month, just like everyone else. You know, it used to be a lot worse because the Giants minor league facility was possibly the worst in Arizona. Um, now it's not, now the minor league facility is the best facility in their organization. So it's an upgrade? The one at Papago. So it's, it, both of them are going to a nicer clubhouse technically, um, especially Luciano, who was in the the old clubhouse here at Scottsdale Stadium. But it, for them, it just means they're, you know, five minutes away at Papago Park with, um, all the other minor leaguers at minor league camp and games start there on Tuesday. Now, what it means for their careers is two very different things. Um, Gabe Kapler was very honest about Elliot Ramos. And he said this before, like, basically he didn't have a good year last year. He's got to hit his way back. If he wants another shot at the big leagues, which is all correct and totally fair. Um, and I'm sure they've told Elliot that multiple times behind closed doors as well, that just look, Last year was not good, and it wasn't good at the big league level, and he wasn't good at AAA either, and that's a hitter-friendly hitter friendly league. So um, it, it, there's no longer going to be like this. We have a lefty coming up or a couple lefties coming up for the other team, and let's get Ramos up here because he hits right yeah. hand. Like He's got to play his way back here, and I, I think he has a lot of work to do to um, get back in their good graces just in terms of being an option for the big league roster. So – that one was was a uh, more of a, you know, and for him too, that's like a pretty early option, um, as far as minor league camp goes. Like Luis Matos is still here playing basically every day, um, so those at bats are there. And Gabe did say he's like we've seen Elliot in big league camp a lot. It, yeah. it doesn't really matter what he does in big league camp anymore. It's what he does at AAA. Um, so that was. That was right, but it was interesting to hear. Um, the other guy, Marco Luciano, I mean, we talked about him a lot early in camp because the back injury is a little scary. And uh, there was a lot of concern. He still hasn't played in the game, but I think he he's come a long way in the last couple of weeks and is doing well health-wise. He seems to be in a really good place mentally. Um, jacked up a little bit, like put on some more muscle. He already was a For big him. guy. Um, yeah, just 
I, I think they're really, really happy about the last couple of weeks for him. And, and uh, here's what Gabe had to say about him. This was a lot more positive. When you like part ways, it's temporary. And we feel like he's going to make, he has a chance to make an impact at the major league level as soon as the season. And a lot of that is going to be based on, on um, if he's able to keep this momentum. I feel really good about where he, where he is physically. And I shared that with him. Um, mentally, emotionally, same thing. We talked about this, but he's just in a really positive frame of mind and I think happy to be out on a baseball field. And I asked him if he's getting the, kind of the right, the right amount of information and attention, not too much, not too little. And he confirmed that, that he was in a good space there and we were gonna try to duplicate that on the, on the minor league side of Papago. So you hear there, I mean, one, he's healthy, he's in a good place. and. The other thing that stands out is potentially a guy who can help him this year. And, you know, we know he's headed to double A almost certainly. And mm. it can happen quickly. You go to double A and you you hit 320 for six weeks, you're going to be in triple A. And uh, once you're there, we can see you pretty fast. So if he stays healthy, like all of a sudden you kind of go, all right, come back into the consciousness, right? Like you've been, it's been all Kyle, Kyle Harrison, Casey Schmidt, Vaughn Brown. Yeah. The last few months but marco luciano still is potentially the the best young player they have in the organization and it's good news that he's healthy all right good 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 prospect watch this year we're gonna have an eye out we're gonna see some faces um i don't know i'm still bummed about elliot ramos you and i talked so much over the past two years about him and i'm not saying his chances are over i'm not saying the window is closed but um just just a huge bummer for a guy's career to be in such dire straits like that with so much potential he's 23 so it's you know there's this the silver lining for him he's 23 years old he's um you know not only do a lot of guys break through at 26 27 but just even if he has a if he can get back on track in triple a and get back to the big leagues like still very young um and still you watch him like still one of the better athletes in the organization uh, and still not a whole lot ahead of him in the outfield. I mean, they brought some guys in, but we're talking about Blake Sable and we're about to talk about Brett Wisely and the other guys who are options there. So plenty of plenty ahead of him if he can get right. But I, I think it, it was pretty clear last year that he has, he has to make some changes at the plate. So let's talk Casey Schmidt, one of the prospects that's been on everyone's mind in Scottsdale. Uh, I think you and I have even mentioned on this podcast how the Giants are deeper at third than they are at short once Brandon Crawford is, you know, is down, needs rest, done, um, whatever it may be. What? And Schmidt started a game at shortstop, right? He did. It was weird. Conforto's first game in right field in like a year and a half. He didn't get a single ball out there in right field. And then Schmidt played shortstop and got like a relay throw. Uh, so like not not a whole lot of action, but um, the fact that he's an option there, I think is is really good for him and and potentially gives him another path to the big leagues because they do have VR, they do have Wilmer Flores, they do have JD Davis, all right-handed hitting third baseman. Casey right now is the best defender of that group, but you know obviously they need to see him hit his way to the big leagues as well. Yes, um, but I, I think the fact that they view him potentially as is somebody who can play some shortstop at the big league level is really good for him. And and just watching him in camp, I mean, he's, he's such a gifted defender that, you know, there's not much behind Brandon Crawford defensively. Like there's not, there's not a whole lot there at the upper levels 
of their system. And we just talked about Marco, like he'll be at double A. Um, so Casey's really interesting. I, I think if they need some help and um, he'll be at triple A and, and, you know, they want him to get some time there, but, but uh, certainly one of these guys in camp who came in obviously with high expectations. And I, I think has done a really nice job. If we're going to talk guys who played a new position, a fresh position, I was about to say out of position, but that's not quite fair. Let's talk about Brett wisely for a second, Uh middle infielder and got a, a look at center field. Yeah. I mean, technically kind of out of position. He, he's never played center field before. So he, he's played some definitely kind yeah, of technically he, out of he position. Nailed it. Um, <laughs> he's played some corners, but uh, he is a middle infielder and he is probably, I would think third in line at shortstop right now behind Crawford behind Estrada. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's their priority, but we've reached the point where you start looking at guys like it's the same as with Sable. Like you start looking at wisely and going like, you know, we kind of like this guy, uh, and we might need to have different avenues to being able to use him. And they stuck him out in the outfield and Gabe Kapler went and watched him run around out there, uh, during drills. And I talked to him after that and he was like, he's kind of a natural in center field, just really knows right. what he's doing. They threw him out there today. Again, did not really get tested, but um, I think he just looks really comfortable out there. And we've seen it before, right? We saw it with Mauricio Dubon. They threw him out there and there were some mistakes at times, but the athleticism also takes over. So this is a guy who's been a shortstop. Uh, I think it's really interesting for him because he's on the 40 man already. So it's one of those where, again, you start looking around and like not a whole lot behind Mike Yastrzemski. Center yeah, field. it could just make sense. There's a lot of depth at certain spots, but there's other spots where you go like, you're not too far away from really needing like Brett Wisely to play center field, which, you know, you don't want to get to that point if you're the Giants, but um, it's a nice option for him. And, and both him and Isan Diaz, who are the middle infield left-handed hitters on the 40 man, have both really hit this spring. Mm -hmm. So, or have, have shown an ability at the plate. Um, so yeah, both those guys, I think we'll see this year and, wisely potentially we'll see some outfield from him we i love a good swiss army fielder you know next yeah. man up put him wherever and i you know for as versatile as these guys like to be like they haven't totally had a lot of that yet like mm -hmm. especially a guy who can get option back and forth i mean dubon last year the reason he's in houston is because he couldn't be optioned back and forth and um <laughs> strata as well so if there's a guy that can be optioned and a guy who hits left-handed and can play second and play short and play play center, like that's a guy who over the course of 162 games is going to see a lot of time for the Giants. Um, let's talk Joey Bart going into his interview. How is Joey's camp going? I saw in today's game he threw out a good friend of his at third, and that was got to be one of the highlights for him. Yeah, the, the A's catcher um, actually followed Joey at Georgia Tech. And they were teammates. Uh, they're so not just friend, partners. but like almost like a mentee. Yeah, and they they work out together in the off season sometimes. Um, I believe the ace catcher is born where like Buster now lives. So like that area of Georgia. Oh. So um, something yeah, in the water. It, it, it is something about those catchers. But it, I asked him afterwards. I'm like, that's your buddy, right? And you could see him on the field. He he told uh, the hitter at the plate after he threw him out. I was like, that's my boy. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I have no idea what he was doing. No idea why he tried to go to third. Um, but it, it was a funny moment for him. I, I think in general, he's had a pretty good camp and has been very aggressive throwing to bases, which is going to be, you know, if, if you love a good back pick, 
this is the year mm. for you because With that I do. It's yeah, the disengagement rules and all that. I actually do love a good back pick. So oh, yeah, I, I think one of the cooler plays in baseball is like, you know, the, the catcher who throws behind the left-handed hitters back and, and tries to get a guy at first base. I, I, I think we're going to see a lot on of the, the look on the runner's face when that happens, the, the embarrassment, the yeah. kind of staring in disbelief of one of the best looks in baseball. And it's great too, because I think fans you have, especially now with everybody having phones, like you have, you have the rhythm in your head and we have mm-hmm. it in the press box, right? Where you like, you see the pitch, you see it wasn't swung at, you maybe stop paying attention for a sec. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden a guy's out at first or third or, you know, second, whatever. Yeah. It's a little so, staccato to the baseball rhythm. It, is. it, it I love keeps it. you on your toes. We're going to see a lot of back picks this year, but anyway, he, he's, I think he's had a good camp throwing the bases and being aggressive and trying to help the running game and um, has, you know, not a great day today at the plate, but up until today was, was doing a pretty good job. Got off to a good start. He's making some swing changes. So uh, I, I'll stick to what I said at the beginning of camp. I don't see a better option behind the plate for him. Um, we'll see what they end up doing. And it's certainly been an interesting competition, but it was fun sitting down with Joey a couple weeks ago and uh first time on Giants talk for him. So I think he was right. on the previous, I believe he might've been on the precursor to okay. this years ago, the pre-Cole world, but that, you know, he's, he was probably used to a much higher level of professionalism than, than what much, we bring much to the table lower now. production value though. Um, but yeah, it was good to talk to him and uh, I hope people enjoy it. All right. Let's hear from Joey Bart. All right, this is one we wanted to do for a while. Joey Bart, you're going into your second full season as a big league catcher, and I want to ask you about the end of your first full season because that is a long year for you. That's a long year in the squat, um, just a mentally draining year, I would imagine. When you got home in the offseason, was it just like, I need a break, I'm going to play golf, I'm going to fish? I'm going yeah, to- yeah. No, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I've never caught, I think I caught, you know, right at 100 games last year um, between both levels. So, um, obviously, I've never played that much before. Um, you get to learn a lot about your body, a lot about your mind, you know, when, you know, trying to figure out how to perform when you're not feeling the best you can feel that day. But, um, no, man, it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of ups and downs, you know, throughout the year, obviously. But, you know, uh, I had a great experience. You know, I I think – you know, we were playing some good baseball into September and October too, so that was kind of fun to end on a good note. What's the main thing you took away from last year for yourself personally? Yeah, just just you know, basically learning from from experiences. You know, through the good and the bad, not getting too high or low. When things are going well, you know, or things are going not so well, just staying even keeled and and staying apart the process. And I think if you can repeat that, you know, over the course of a season, then you know, things are going to, you know, usually work a little bit better for you as opposed to staying down on yourself or, you know, being really high on yourself. It just seems like that has never worked for me. And, uh, you know, staying staying consistent is is key. One thing I know that's really important to you and you've talked about a lot is no matter what's going on with you at the plate or what's going on with you physically, how tired you might be, your job is behind the plate. Your right. job is for the starting staff and the relievers that come in. You got two new guys, Sean Manaya and Ross Stripling. For Giants fans who yeah, we know them a little bit. One's been a Dodger, one's been on the other side of the Bay. But what's been your introduction to them, and, and what have you seen catching them? You know, first off, just personally, it seemed like two really good guys, which is really exciting. Um, you know, great personalities. Ross is, you know, I, I think I caught, you know, he was probably the first guy I caught when I got to camp. Um, 
and you can just tell he's a true crow a lot of uh a lot of different shapes moving different directions different speeds just a true pitcher you know and um sean you know sean's the big lefty and uh you know the first day he got here i told him i'm glad you're on our side you know as opposed to facing him it was always a funky look for me but um you know he's he's got a lot of talent obviously he's got a, he's got a different look a lot of crazy deception and you know when he's on his game he's one of the best I always love talking to catchers because you know these guys better than anybody and you know guys sometimes that we don't really think about and when you tell me that somebody's like pretty nasty I go well he knows better than anybody yeah you've been catching guys for a couple weeks now who do we not talk about that we should be who do not talk about you know and I think they put the thing is I feel like this year I've had that question asked and it's like there's not really one or two people that stand out to me. I think they're all like performing really highly. So I think that kind of shades a little bit of like the guys that are really sticking out. Cause I think all of them look really good. You know, even like first week of live, live BPs, it seems like a lot of them are throwing a lot of strikes and like a lot of good located strikes. And, and that's important. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of great pitches to hit. Um, so it seems like these guys have really came in with a plan and uh, so far they're executing, but Obviously, you know, my biggest impression that I've seen, and this is someone definitely talked to a lot, is, is Webb. I think Logan, you know, just from seeing what I've seen, I feel like he's taken, starting to take a different, you know, a different step into, into what, you know, his potential is. I think he's really pitching, he's really using the corners of the plate really well, you know, and, um, you know, in the past, he sometimes relied more on his stuff. You know, now it's like his stuff and a location, so, that's been something that's really stuck out to me is like the way he's came into camp and you know how competitive he's been the first week or two. He's talked about making mechanical adjustments. What does he need to do stuff-wise or just with his repertoire or, or you know sequencing to without giving too much away to take that next step? No, I don't know. I mean, I think what he's doing is on is definitely on the right track and I think for him it's like obviously is one of the premium starters in our game um and a guy that might be even a little under the radar i feel like um he's just got three true pitches that are always going to be hard to hit you know no, no matter who's game planning for him his stuff moves and the more he can keep that stuff in the zone and keep the pressure on guys is, is the better he's going to be and now i see him keeping the pressure on guys along with like putting it in spots you know it's not just throwing the sinker down the middle and letting it do its thing it's like putting it on the corners, putting it inside on guys, front hipping guys, and, and really just kind of unlocking that next step for them. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see it. One guy I'm sure you can be asked about a lot over the years is Kyle Harrison. Yeah. Your first impression of, of him and just what his stuff is like. Yeah, I mean, my first impression of him, I, you know, ran into him and I think it was a sauna. Yeah, it was me and him in the sauna. So uh, I got to know him a little bit. Super, super good dude, you know, super focused. You know, I told him to to come at this thing 100 miles and you know 100 miles an hour ahead and just just be yourself and and that's what I've seen out of him. I caught his bullpen. I faced a live against him. I think, um, and and the fastball jumps. You know, his slider is good. I mean, he's he's got what he needs. You know, and it's just whether wherever he's going to be at this year. You know, hopefully he'll be up in the big leagues and doing his thing. But it's just kind of recreating and, and just doing it over and over again and, and you know showing you know, everyone around here that, you know, he, he deserves a spot wherever, you know, wherever he lands. So um, I'm excited about him. I really am. I think he's a really good guy. That's really what sticks out yeah. to me. I think he's got the right mindset to, to be, you know, in this league and uh, for a while.
what I hear from guys who have faced him is that the fastball not only is obviously very firm, but his arm angle is a little bit lower, so it, it is a little bit different of, of a challenge. Have yeah. You yeah, I mean, I can notice catching, you know, I thought he was probably 94, 95, 96 guy, you know, in the in the pen, and it, and it was like, you know, he throws pretty hard, but that's kind of weird for guys to come in throwing that hard, you know, this early. And he was two to four, but it just feels harder, yeah. you know what I mean? The way the ball comes out of the hand, the way it spins out of his hand is, is elite, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see him in games and, you know, see him moving forward throughout this year. I'll finish with this. One of your jobs as a catcher, one of your main jobs is to prepare. Mm -hmm. In this division, I mean, you have some teams with three, four all-stars all -stars in the middle of that lineup. Yeah. How much time do you spend thinking about that and how difficult of a challenge yeah. is it for you guys this season? You know, I feel like we've kind of got a little bit used to it. You know, I mean, you know, playing the Dodgers and the Padres and, you know, everyone else, but those two teams definitely stick out with, with superstars in the middle of their lineup. So I don't think it's anything that's new to us. Um, I think our plan's the same plan, you know, um, just our pitchers aren't going to change much of what they do, ver you know, versus who's in the box. It's really just doing what they do and doing it best. So, um, you know, we'll be ready for, for those challenges when they come. But, um, you know, that's what you play for. You know, that's why you're here. You want to you want to match yourself up against the best players. And, and what other division can you really say that there's that much star power? So I think it's pretty cool an opportunity that our guys are really going to get to take advantage of. All right, Joey, thanks for joining us. All right, thank you. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.